host of Independent and Napkin Podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 51. And this week, we are going to talk about tryouts, cuts, and playing time and how to communicate those three very, very important things, especially this time of year, to your team, to your program, to your parents, to everybody involved. We're going to start with cuts. Cuts are difficult. There's there's three terrible days in a coach's calendar that pretty much every coach despises. Inventory handout day where you hand out all the uniforms and, and gear and all that other fun stuff. The day you have to take all of that back in and the day that you would have to cut kids because none of us really want to cut players off of our team or off of our program. But if you are going to have a good program, especially at a bigger school, cuts are a necessary evil. I think it's important that you emphasize to your players, to your constituents, that if you do not work hard in the offseason, it is going to be very difficult for you to make the team in the season. Uh, now, if you have an exceptional athlete uh, who is just another level above, or here's this stud uh, football player or volleyball player and they're not going to, you know, that's their primary sport, but they're coming in and you know that they can contribute. There's always exceptions to the rules, but I think overall as a program, you need to emphasize that attendance in the summer and working on your game in the off season is going to be necessary for those players to be successful. I really think that it's important that if you have to cut players, that you tell them face-to-face. I really, really don't like the idea of here's the list, here's the varsity team, here's the JV team. You are potentially really uh, throwing a pretty tough psychological blow to a young person. And I think you owe it to that person. If you're going to be the adult in the situation, that you talk with that kid and you sit down with them and you say, hey, uh, Jimmy or Susie, here's the reason why we are not going to be able to keep you on the roster this year. I think that you that's part of your responsibility is to show young people how to handle tough conversations. And that's a tough conversation to have with a young person. So I encourage you that if you do have to cut players, that you do it face to face. I think it's important that you emphasize as we start to talk about molding the team, you emphasize to your team that, and to the program, that if you cannot handle the potential role that you have, we are going to take the less physically gifted player that's going to know, accept, embrace, and excel at their role better than that player would. Um, you know, here's a Don Meyer quote If you ask me to make a decision between you and the program, you've already given me my answer. And that is so vitally important because the kids that you're going to cut are the kids that are going to be on the on the situation where do we keep them, do we not keep them. Those are the kids that are probably not going to see a lot of playing time during the season. So do you want an unhappy player that could potentially turn your chemistry upside down? Uh, I don't like that idea. I, I would rather have eight and a half, nine guys that we know that we're going to roll with that eventually once we get into postseason, it's going to be down to seven and a half and eight and players eight through 12 or, or nine through 12 or 10 through 14 or whatever your numbers are. Those kids are really invested in the program or they're development players that you want to bring in along the way. I also encourage you to do everything that you can to keep as many young players in your program. 
Uh, now, by the virtue of our numbers, we never really had to cut freshmen coming into our program. Uh, but I encourage you to keep as many of those kids as you can because you never know who's going to blossom and who's not going to blossom at that age. So just some things there on tryouts and cuts and how you handle that. I think you give it a good three days. Uh, I don't, th- you know, after one day and you get rid of X and Y, it's, it's not going to hurt you in the long run. Um, you know, and you, and you need to cover your butt to make sure that you can come back and say, hey, look, I gave this player three days. I gave them six hours and there, you know, we just didn't feel like this player would fit into our program this year. So I think those are those are some things that we've done in the past year. All right, um, let's talk about playing time, playing time, and how you communicate playing time. First of all, I think it is really, really important that you emphasize to your parents and to your players that the best players are going to play regardless of class, regardless of age, and that you cannot emphasize that enough. I am not going to penalize a freshman for being a freshman if they are among the top players that can contribute at the varsity level. That's just the way it is. I think it's important that you emphasize that you cannot afford equal playing time. We're not playing third grade, Y League, town team two, three. Uh, You can't steal the ball type of stuff anymore. This is competitive stuff, and we have to keep the best players out on the floor for as long as we can. I think there's three things that you emphasize as you're putting together your team. Talent, attitude, and work ethic. I think those are the three main components of your team. I think that it's important that you emphasize to your team that you will sacrifice talent for attitude and work ethic, but you will not sacrifice work ethic for attitude or or for you will not sacrifice work ethic work ethic and attitude for talent. There is nothing more toxic to any team than a talented player who does not have a good attitude and or a work a good work ethic and usually if they don't have one attitude or work ethic, they're probably not going to have the other. So that is very, very difficult to negotiate. And I've been through that situation a couple of times where we've probably given into the talent more than we should have. And that's that's the great thing. We all think we can change somebody. The older I've gotten, the more I've gotten to the great Greg Popovich uh, philosophy of Look, get over yourself. We're not here to pander to you. You're here to come here and work hard and do your job. And I'm not going to spend a bunch of time trying to get you to work hard. Uh, That should be something that you should do. Practice is where playing time is decided. It's not in games. It's in practice. And you need to find players that are going to work hard in practice, and they're going to give you great practices. You're not going to be a great team unless you have great practices, and you're not going to have great practices unless you have your players invested in your practices. I also think it's extremely important to remind your team, to emphasize to your team, and there's going to be situations where no matter how much you emphasize this next point, they're not going to get it. But every year is a new year. If you have a player that started as a sophomore, as a junior, that doesn't mean that they're automatically entitled to start as a junior or a senior or whatever it may be. You have to re-earn it, and you have to be willing to sit a kid for a little while 
and say, no, you, you, you're not playing because you're not working as hard as you're, you are coming in here with an entitled attitude. You have the talent to play, but you know what? This other kid wanted this spot more and they've just outworked you for it. Now you have an opportunity to earn that back, but you have to, the key word here is earn it back. And so I think that it is so, so important that you emphasize that every year is a new year. You have to emphasize to your players, and I just used this phrase a little bit ago, and we talked about this uh, with our roll call previously, know, understand, embrace, and excel at your role. Know, understand, embrace, and excel at your role. Those are four key components to any team, and the most successful teams have the vast majority of their players that know their role. Now, knowing their role, and we've talked about this before on the pod, knowing their role is your job as the coach. You have to tell Jimmy or Susie, hey, this is what we need from you. This is what we need from you. Boom, A, B, C, D. Can you do this for us? All right. Now, after that, it's up for them to understand that, to embrace it, and to excel at it. Then it's on the players. But before they can do that, you have to let them know what their role is, and you have to communicate that. You also have to emphasize this, and this is more to your parents, this next point. You have to put together the best team that you possibly can. And a lot of times you'll have parents that will say, uh, you know, hey, well, Jimmy could do the same thing that, that Barry's doing out there. Well, yeah, he probably can. But Barry does this and this and this and this better than Jimmy can in this one particular skill set. That's why Barry's playing more than Jimmy. And you have to uh, – and, and Tom Taverti. Uh, the coach at Seward High School here in Nebraska uh, gave me this point a long time ago, and it's something I've always used. If you're running a business, you would have to have, you would want to have the most well-rounded employees in your business and the best staff that you would want to have for your business, correct? Because your business is about making money, and you have to have a staff that works together and collaborates together at, at the in the best way possible. It's the same thing with the basketball team. Our business is wins and losses, and we've got to put together the best staff that we can. So parents need to understand that. And then the last thing, and this is kind of a tough one as well, especially with the explosion of AAU, and this is something I've seen more and more often. You know, back, uh, I'm 47 years old, so in the 80s into the 90s, you had players that, okay, I'm, I'm, when I'm a freshman, I'm on the freshman team. When I'm a sophomore, I'm on the sophomore team or the JV team, and I start playing varsity my junior and senior year. Now you have players who will say, well, I'm a freshman. I should be on JV because I play on this team or do this or do that, or this is where I feel like I should belong. And I really feel like maybe I should get a varsity uniform. Okay, well, here's the deal. If, if you're a freshman player and you're on the freshman team and you should feel like that you should be on the JV team, I would tell that player, are you dominating at the freshman level? Are you just no doubt the best player on the freshman team, night in and night out, practices and games? And, and along with that, is your team doing well? And if they can't answer that with a positive, then you say, okay, then you're, then you're at where you should be at. Same thing with a, a sophomore kid or a freshman kid that's on JV and they're saying they should be playing varsity minutes, okay? What are you doing at the JV level? Are you dominating at the level that you're at? If you're not, then no, then you can't play at the varsity level yet because you're not even dominating at the JV level. That would put me in a situation that says, I need to play this kid at the varsity level. So I think those are 
conversations that you need to have with players here in the next few weeks as they as you know those playing time and those minutes and those roles we will have players that dis- get disgruntled with those uh, roles that they may have and that they're not happy with it and those are those are ways that you can combat that when you haven't made those moves and those players are not at where they would like to be at so tryouts cuts and playing time foundation friday number 51 uh, thanks for listening obviously if you're listening you're on soundcloud or itunes like rate review give us five stars email me if you have any questions comments suggestions or ideas a pen and a napkin at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle there, and we try to put out some stuff from a daily coach. A lot do a lot of copy and paste, but I always cite the daily coach. That's a great Twitter follow as well. Uh, teachhoops.com, another great follow there. Uh, so go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N, a pen and a napkin for a subscription at Teach Hoops. All right? So, coaches, let's pray for peace, let's stay safe, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>